Welcome to the City Church Sermon Podcast. City Church is a new church located in the city of Frisco, Texas, just north of Dallas. Our hope and prayer is that the following message can serve as an encouragement and as a blessing and inspiration in your walk with Christ. If you have any questions about City Church and want more information about us or you want to visit during one of our Sunday celebrations, please visit us online at citychurchfrisco.org or email us at hello at citychurchfrisco.org. If you would like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at citychurchfrisco.org slash give. Thank you for listening. We're like, no, you don't understand what I, and it's like we're the only ones in the whole wide world that have ever gone through this problem. But we need to adopt this prayer that Elisha said over his servant. And in verse 17, Elisha prayed, open his eyes, Lord so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked and saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. So when you and I are struggling, when you and I are going through difficult moments in our lives, we may just see what's in front of our eyes. We may just see the, uh, the things that as far as our eyes can see. But we have to understand that there is more to the challenge. There is more to the struggle than what meets the eye. There is. Reminds me of what, what Paul said to the Romans. He says that if God is for us, who can be against us? But we, we forget Come on, let's be honest. Raise your hand. Have you ever forgotten that God is for us? You freak out. Come on. It's okay. All right, the rest of you, we got to pray for you guys, okay? (laughs) You guys can't admit when you make mistakes. There are times that we see a challenge that is so, so difficult. And what happens? We, We tend to begin to work in our own strength. Well, I got to fix this. I got to work more overtime. I got to get a second job. I I don't know. Maybe maybe my marriage is just not going to work out. Let me find a different relationship. I don't know what it may be, but we try to fix the issue, the problem with our own strength instead of relying on God. That the Bible says that if he is for us, who can be against us? No devil, no demon, no challenge in life can take us down because God is on our side. But it sounds good. And we all get the, get the, get the goosies when we hear this, right? We get all fuzzy and warm and we, we love to shout about this stuff. But when it comes to practice... When it becomes from theory to practice, oh my goodness, it's a whole different story. And in practice, when circumstances are overwhelming us, when we don't see a way out, we tend to have a hard time believing. Our faith seems to run kind of small. And this is why it's so important that day in and day out, you and I, Pray every morning. Pray every day. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Open my spiritual eyes so that I can see your hand at work in my life. Even when things are going well and there's no challenge, ask God to open your eyes. 
Because you need to see God working when it's going good. And when those challenges come, you still need to know that just as God was working in the good, God is still working in the bad circumstance. I can't emphasize it enough. you got to pray. Open my eyes, Jesus. Open my eyes. This is why Paul tells us in Ephesians chapter 6 that the war that we're fighting is not against flesh and blood. Let me tell you that the war that you're fighting at home, the struggle that you're going through with your children, the struggle in your minds, the struggle in your thoughts, all these struggles that come and attack us, it's more than just flesh and blood. The struggle with our pride, praise the Lord somebody, because we struggle with our pride. The struggle with our egos, with our selfishness, with our own rebellion, with our unwillingness to submit to authorities that are above us. Those are all spiritual challenges, spiritual battles that you and I fight. On one hand, we have the physical, the tangible, the, that, that person that we just want to, we just want to say, God bless you and walk away. And on the other hand, we have the, the spiritual struggle. And see, what we don't see can destroy us. I shared with you last week that I was walking around my house and I just didn't see it. And then I decided to open the door and I saw the damage that had been caused by the water that was leaking. What we don't see can destroy you and me. But to God be the glory that he has given us protection Against the unseen. He hasn't left us by ourselves. So how can we take a stand? Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. If you want to open your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. We're going to have it up on the screen too. But it's always good to be able to have it on your Bibles. And you can circle. You can underline. You can highlight. You can make notes on the side. Guys, it's okay to write in your Bibles. Okay? Anything that helps you to remember, anything that helps you to understand. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. The Word of God says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. And verse 17 says, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the sword, which is the word of God. So you got to picture this, this illustration that Paul gives us. If you read through Ephesians, you understand that Paul is writing this from prison. 
Okay, and Paul is in prison, and from what we understand in these times, the, the high-valued prisoners, which was Paul, uh, they, he was being persecuted, they were after him, and the high-valued prisoners, the way they kept them was they were shackled between two guards. So Paul is in the middle, there's a Roman soldier on this side, there's another Roman soldier on this side. So Paul is writing... And through all this, he's telling the, the, the church in Ephesus, hey guys, be joyful. But I'm in shackles. It's okay. I can still have joy. Hey guys, be strong and stand firm. And even though his situation was difficult. So I'm imagining that as he's writing, you know, you got to be strong. You got to stand in faith. And he's looking at the soldiers and he's like, like this. This is what I'm talking about. You got to put on the armor that God is giving you. Because when God gives us this armor, it's because you and I have to understand we are going to be attacked. We are going to struggle. Things are going to happen in our lives that challenge us. So that you and I are tested to, to really see who we are. God allows things to happen in our lives. I'm not going to say that he necessarily puts you in bad situations. But things happen. Life happens. And God allows things to happen. And we're tested. Just like you test your children. Come on. Have you guys ever tested your children? You say, hey, um, I gave you this rule. And now let's see if he's doing what he's supposed to be doing. And we test to see if they've learned. To see if they've stretched if they've matured a little bit so here's Paul in prison he's writing he says you got to put on this armor just like these Roman soldiers I don't know maybe if it had been in these times maybe he would have uh, referred to 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 a football player you know you got to put on the helmet and you got to put on the pads and you got to put on these cleats and you got to do this and do that so you can be well protected in this race that you're racing and we got to understand, over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about three areas. And the first area that the enemy attacks you and me, and make no mistake, when I say the enemy, I'm talking about the devil. Okay, I'm talking about Satan. He is the enemy of our souls. He is the enemy that wants to separate us from God. And like I said last week, he doesn't care if you truly believe in him or not. That's not his mission. His mission is to separate us from God. The enemy will intensely attack us in three areas. Today we're going to talk about that the first place that he attacks us is in our mind. Have you ever found yourself struggling with your thoughts? You're going along the way, along the day, and, and, and everything seems to be fine. And then from one moment to the next, it's like now you're depressed. Now things are just... Oh, this day just turned from one moment to the next just because you remembered something. Just because maybe you got a phone call. Just maybe. And we struggle with our mind and we struggle keeping our mind controlled. Because the enemy, that's one of the first place, places he attacks us in. And Jesus said it this way in John chapter 8 verse 44. Talking about Satan. He was a murderer from the beginning. Not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. And the way Satan attacks you and I, 
It's through lies. He tells you you're not good enough. He tells you you're not worthy. He tells you, you know what, it's good that you go to church and all that, but you know who you are. You're not, you know you're not truly. And this is why Paul says, put on the helmet of salvation. That God is the one that gives you the salvation. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior, when you and I make the public display and we're baptized in the name of Jesus, you and I have been saved. We have made new. And it doesn't matter what the enemy may say. The enemy may tell you, no, you're disqualified. You're not good enough. The enemy may talk all these things into your mind. And and the thing is that he'll attack us through lies. But we have to remember the salvation that God has bestowed upon us. Here's the thing, guys. Salvation is not limited to a one-time act of the past or even a future hope. What do I mean by this? Salvation is an ongoing, eternal state that we enjoy. Salvation is every day when you and I wake up. Salvation is not done the day you're baptized, the day you accept Jesus. Salvation is not done that day. Salvation is a continual process that you and I go through. It's a daily protection and deliverance from our sinful nature and Satan's schemes. So we have to Put on the helmet of salvation so that we can understand that there is a truth that we can depend on. And we have to have confidence in this truth. That when struggles come in our lives, that we trip up, we mess up, we fall down. That we can stand up again. And know that we have this helmet of salvation fastened upon us. That Jesus' uh, 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 forgiveness is not just a one-time thing. God's power extends for you and I every day. So how do we maintain? How do we maintain this helmet of salvation? Well, I'm going to give you three quick things, and I believe that this is very important for us, okay? Number one, we got to renew our minds every day. Renew our minds. Our minds... Our battlefields. There's even a book called The Battlefield of the Mind. The Battlefield of the Mind. The outcomes of these battles that you and I fight in our minds determine the course of our lives. Romans chapter 12 verse 2 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. You have to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We must allow God's truth, the truth of our salvation. The reality is that the truth is that that we, you and I, we, we don't deserve God's love. We don't deserve that Jesus came into this world and hung on a cross for you and for me. There was nothing that you and I did to deserve it. Jesus did it out of love. 
And when you and I understand that, that, that it was his love that reached me. It was for his, his love for me that, that caused this, this change in my life. That begins to renew our minds. And those things that we once would do, those things that we once talked, those, one, those things that we once would live, they become secondary and we want to get rid of them because now we want to please our God. Praise the Lord, everybody. I, I, I always refer to this relationship as a relationship with a husband and a wife. That when you get married, you, 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 you tend to leave certain things because of the love that you have for that person. Right? So I got married. There were some friends I had to let go of because I love my wife. There, there were some things that I needed to establish in my life. You know what? Now I, I need to, to come home right after work. I can't just go out with some buddies, with my brother and with my cousins and just have a good time. Now I have a wife that is at home. Doesn't mean that I didn't like hanging out with my brothers and, my, and people. But now my love was drawing me to my honey. <laughs> It was drawing me home. When you and I enter into, I was talking to somebody this week, and, and he was saying, you know, I, need, I know I need to go to church. I know I need to be there because I don't want to go to hell. I was like, well, God doesn't want you to come to church just because you're, you don't want to go to hell. He's like, well, yeah, but I don't. I said, no, God wants you to come to church. God wants you to have a relationship with him because God wants you to be in love with him. Yeah, one of the rewards that we get that being in a relationship with Jesus is that we don't go to hell. But that's not the only reason why we should have a relationship with Jesus. We have a relationship with Jesus because we are in love with him. We want to know him. We want to talk with him. We want to read about him. We want to spend time with him. It's like we forgot what it was like to date, right? We'd stay up till one in the morning. We'd fall asleep on the phone and... Oh, we get those butterflies. You got to go and you got to remember that when you and I are in love with God, that salvation that comes into our life is not because of anything that you've done. It's simply because God loves you, that he saves you. You got to renew your mind. Number two, you got to reject doubt. See, doubt arises from our circumstances. If we allow them to, circumstances may convince us that God does not really love us or that his word is not true. That will cause, cause us to think that maybe we're not good enough for God. Maybe we're not worthy. If things are going well, then yeah, God loves me. But if things aren't going well, then we think God doesn't love us. Doubt creeps into our hearts. But let me tell you that if things are going well, yes, God loves you. And if things are not going well, God still loves you. Whether you have $1,000 in the bank or you have $10 in the bank, God loves you. Whether you are in a, in a good career or whether you don't have a job and you're currently laid off, God loves you. Church, you got to understand that you become what you think. 
You become what you think. You have discouraging thoughts, you'll become discouraged. You have negative thoughts, you'll be a negative person. You have thoughts that are, that are pulling you away from God, well, guess what? You're going to be pulled away from God. Reject doubt. Reject that whenever doubt creeps into your mind about your salvation, about your position in God's kingdom, about whether or not God is truly there for you. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 says that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. See, God knows that you're a sinner. This is not a surprise. That lie you told this week, God already knew you were going to tell it before you were even born. Doesn't make him love you less. Doesn't make you love him more. It doesn't make him love you more. God just loves you. Right? Your children can behave. Wow. Some of our kids sometimes. I'm not just talking about my kids. I'm talking about all our kids, okay? So our kids, sometimes they are, in Spanish we say tremendos. They are something else. But no matter what they do, we have love for them. We have an affection for them. We have a desire to see them do well. We have a desire for them to grow out of that so they can become good, mature people that, are, that, that contribute to society. We want to see them be successful. Or am I the only parent that wants to see that? No. Why? Because it's our children. The Bible says that God is our Father. God is our Father. And when you and I fall short of the expectations of our Father, it doesn't mean that you and I aren't loved anymore. Just like when our kids fall short of the expectations, they didn't throw the trash out, they didn't clean the kitchen up, they didn't make the bed, they didn't do this, they didn't that. That doesn't mean that you kick them out of the house and you can never come back. We may feel like doing that, but we don't do that. Why? Because we love them. We want to be patient with them because we know it's not going to happen overnight. There's a process. That is going on. God was in this world. Jesus was in this world reconciling all of us to, to God, not counting our sins against us. If there's any verse that should make you shout, that's one. Because yes. I don't know about you, but I, I'm a sinner. I, I'll admit I'm a sinner. And there's moments that I'm surprised that at my at my at my inability to follow through on God's word and I can't do every single thing that God tells me to do. I don't know if you've had that problem. Maybe it's just a problem I have. And God says for all, that gives me encouragement that all have fallen short of the glory of God. At least I'm not alone. Some of you here are not perfect. Amen? There's not a lot of amens. We don't like to hear that, do we? Amen. Gosh. Number three, we got to find our hope in Him. The helmet of our salvation is most effective when we treasure what it represents. 
If you don't treasure your salvation, then the helmet, it's not going to matter. You are going to lose against these battles. But when we find our hope in him and we treasure what God has given us, that the salvation that was purchased for you and for me, not by just somebody paying a dollar amount, not by just anybody going and giving a check, no. The salvation that you and I have was purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ hanging on the cross, looking at those people and saying, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. They do not know what they're doing. And even in that moment when Christ was being crucified, in that moment when Christ was in agony, he was praying for you and for me. He said, Father, forgive them. Find your hope in Jesus. Realize how important it is that you don't misvalue or you don't put value on other things that aren't as important. Because you and I, we, are, we tend to put value on things that don't hold any significance. Right? We're all kind of one, not, we're not, not right now. I know you guys are like really captivated by the sermon. But we're all wondering whether the Cowboys are winning or not, right? And, and we tend, no, some people are wondering whether the Broncos are winning. But, but we tend to put priority on things that have no significance. Because if your favorite team wins the championship, what do you get? Maybe a moment of happiness, but that goes away. That goes away. That goes away because it just does. <laughs> we got to pray, okay? We got to find our hope in Jesus. Nothing else can give you the joy that Jesus gives you. Nothing else can give you the peace that God gives you. Nothing else can give you salvation that God offers you. There's nothing else. Our hope is Jesus. That's why the psalmist said, I look to the hills. Where will my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of the heavens and the earth. I have nowhere, nowhere else to go. Psalm chapter 73 verse 25 says, Whom have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. You are greater than any house. You are greater than any job. You are greater than any car. You are greater than any material possession that I may desire. You are greater, Lord, than anything the earth that this world has to offer me. Only you, God, can satisfy my inner needs. There was a particularly troubling time in Jesus' ministry and he had a lot of people that were following him. And in John chapter 6, we read the story that, that after Jesus preached a pretty uh, difficult message and people were struggling to accept it and not, the Bible says that uh, many of his disciples walked away. And Jesus looks at the 12 and says, are you guys going to leave too? See, I find it interesting that Jesus would even ask that. We got to remember that Jesus was human also. 
We tend to forget that Jesus had emotions like you and I had. If Jesus fell and hit his knee, it would hurt him. He was human, 100% human, 100% God. And he turns to the 12 and says, I see these guys leaving. What are you guys going to do? Peter stands up and says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. See, we got to get to that point in our lives that no matter the circumstances in our lives, no matter how challenging God's word is to us, we have to look at God and say, Lord, I ain't going anywhere because only you have the words that will satisfy my soul. You only have the words that will give me the peace I need. Only you, Jesus. Some of us here today need to go back the day we met Jesus. Just as like it's good when you celebrate your anniversary, when it rolls around. Guys, don't forget your anniversary. It doesn't go well. <coughs> it doesn't. You remember your anniversary and you go back to that day. Day That beautiful day when you were united forever through the good and the bad, through through richness or poorness, through health or disease or sickness. It didn't matter. You were with your love. Some of us need to go back to that day when we met Jesus for the first time. When Jesus came, deposited joy in us, peace in us, hope in us. And along the way, life has tried to crush us. Life has tried to crush us. But Jesus is still there. We don't want to forget Jesus. We got to remember, thank you. We want to remember him in the good and in the bad. And we struggle. And here's what tends to happen. Things are going well. How many enjoy the times when things are just going good? Man, it just seems like there's money in the bank account. Our cars aren't breaking down. Man, we just replaced the tires. We know we're good to go for the next two years. You know, life is good. Life is good. We got we to gotta remember that in those moments when things are going well, we can't forget God. Because that's when we tend to forget him. And then when the struggle comes because we haven't had a constant relationship with Jesus, we haven't been speaking with Jesus, we haven't been spending time with him, the struggle comes and our faith wavers. We, we begin to, 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 to worry and, and we begin to, to think that maybe God's not with me. And you know what, maybe, maybe I haven't spent enough time with him and now God is mad at me. But we got to go back. No matter how difficult it may be. We go back to that time and place that God and you had the connection. The road has been long. There have been many challenges. But here's what I want to tell you. 
that if you only do the things that are easy, you'll always remain weak. Things are always easy. You're always going to be in the same place. What happens when you work out? If you want to gain some mass and you want to gain some muscle, is it easy? That's why some of us are, you know, we're comfortable. Because <laughs> it's not easy. But yet, if you're going to work out and you want to gain and you want to grow stronger, you work at it every day. You go to that gym and you go to that place. You go for that run. And yeah, the first few times you're going to be miserable. It's going to hurt. What happens because your muscles get tired and your muscles, they start breaking down. But as they're breaking down, they start building back up and they come back stronger. Same thing in our lives. You and I, we shouldn't be, uh, we shouldn't shy away from challenges. Those are moments in which you and I can grow. Those are moments when you and I can grow stronger in Christ, but we got to face them. Jesus loves you and he wants you to hold on to that helmet. That no matter if you're going through a sickness, your salvation is true. No matter if the, the, that thing that you're truly depending on, maybe it's in your marriage, maybe it's in your children, maybe it's in your job, maybe it's in your career. Like I said before we started the message, our identity is not based on those things because those things can be removed from us. Our identity is based on Christ and his love, his salvation that he offers us. There is an enemy that's out Trying to destroy you. But Paul says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take a stand. You can take a stand. Some of us here, we're on the other side. We need to make a true decision to serve God, to give our lives to him. To pray, God, I want you to be Lord of my life in every single thing. We need to accept the fact that we're sinners. There's nothing, nothing that you can do that, that's going to correct the situation. You are in need of a Savior. Jesus is here. He's calling out to you. He says, son, come home. Daughter, I'm here. I'm going to ask you to stand. Determine, church, to never quit on the truth. The truth is that Jesus loves you. The truth is that when you and I are saved... We can hold on to that salvation no matter what may happen in our lives. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I'm going to read this to you guys. It's going to be up on the screen. Therefore, if you haven't accepted Jesus, if you haven't given to your life to, to God, this is what the Bible says. That it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, 
The new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. Are you tired of living your life the way you've been living it? Jesus said, I can give you a new life. The old is gone. The new has come. Verse 18 says, all this is from God. It doesn't say all this is from Daniel, all this is from Randy, all this is from Irma. No, it says all this is from God. It's not about you. And see, sometimes we struggle because we think it's about us. I don't know if I can give my life to God because I'm going to mess up again. It's not even about that. It's about you putting your faith in Christ that God is strong to save you no matter what you're going through, no matter what situation you've been through. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself. You didn't do anything, church. Jesus did it all on the cross. Verse 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed us to the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Paul is imploring, saying, come on, people, be reconciled to God. It's right there. It's right there for the taking. Accept him. Believe in him. Put your faith in him. Repent from your old ways. Come to Jesus. He can make you new again. He can make you new. Verse 21 says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us. So that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. See, our righteousness is not through us. Our righteousness comes from Jesus and what he did on the cross. Some of us need to go back to that place. When we accepted him, some of us today, we need to make a decision. God, I'm going to serve you the rest of my life. God, I believe, I've been hearing, I've been listening, and the Word of God says faith comes from hearing, from hearing the Word of God. I am putting my faith in you.